This week on the Lasting Podcast, we're gonna talk about Captain Marvel. I mean Shazam. Hey, and welcome to another awesome episode Hi. of the Lasting Podcast. Hi, <laughs> good to see you all ever again. Hey, what's up, Tom? Interrupting us as usual. What do you mean as usual? It's so rare I get to do this. Normally okay, it's me that gets stood on. <laughs> right, right, right. So anyway, this is your host, Mr. Toffee, and joining me are obviously... Eccentric Tom. And a popular music discovery app, Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. That's actually a nice tool to I'm use. Surprisingly, yeah. few people have uh, used that joke. I'm the first. Like, I'm gonna stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the first. We're the first. <laughs> yeah, I think the Macro Brothers will have a word with you later. I don't care. So, and of course, in case you're not sure what we're gonna talk about, we're gonna be talking about a lot about the DC universe. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the DC extended stuff, and of course, we're gonna cap off this episode with our good old review of Shazam. So, yeah. Before we start off, like, what do you guys think about the DC? extended universe way of handling things as, as of late you because know? right now uh, as of this recording there have been two good movies and the Joker trailer just dropped so, so I'm ooh, kind of yes. interested in seeing where the, the direction is with that I'm movie I'm now cautiously optimistic as opposed to just cynically done with the whole thing because mm. whilst I am willing to give this a chance because well I don't want to spoil the review but Shazam pretty okay entertaining and, yeah and Aquaman was just glorious fun <laughs> just bit fun yeah. so goddamn stupid but just oh my god i had so much fun but remember this is the same uh universe which made me sit through two and a half hours of the justice league which mm-hmm. was i don't even want to bring back those horrible memories it's a terrible movie but i loved it <laughs> i remember it, yeah i remember you loving it Six i think 10. you liked the last 20 minutes yeah because i that loved the last 20 minutes actual... when it was actually a superhero yeah. movie yeah. yes well, and of course, you also want to talk about the uh, the abominations that is BVS and Man of Steel. No, can we finally I mean, bury all of this? Man of Steel was I liked it at the time, and I still think that there were kernels of what could have been a great movie in there. Yeah, visually, I thought it was very striking. Visually, it was gorgeous, but especially after Zack Snyder recently opened his stupid fucking mouth, <laughs> it's like he was definitely the wrong person to choose the car to direct Superman. I think there was also a case of a little bit of overzealousness or the fact that I think he fanboyed too hard when he was trying to stuff in too many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, maybe deep down inside, like for me, the perfect Superman movie to start off with in this era, in this day and age would be like, uh, if you were to do All-Star Superman, like the Grant Morrison story. Mm. Where yeah, that was the best one. Where basically so you just trust the audience to understand like we don't need to re-explain the origin. Like this guy exists in this universe and this is what he has to deal with. What's the run where he's essentially Space Jesus? All of them actually. <laughs> but I mean like the one well, where... I think the, the most obvious one is probably still Birthright, I believe, right? You think Birthright? Birthright? Yeah, I think... No, I mean Birthright. the one where he is... Where he's not dark or emotional or like doubting himself. He's just... The ultimate paragon of virtue and it was an interesting storyline because oh, it was yeah. all about even him touching like the lives of small people making the small differences as well as the big differences i know exactly what you're talking about the name just escapes you right now yeah but par- that, i think that would be an interesting movie to make you know what i want to do i want to do like maybe red sun but instead of i was about to say red sun would be Ooh, red sun fun. would be good yeah that would be a very good adaptation but instead of him crashing in uh soviet union soviet union or crashing in Kansas as per original story, uh, I will have him uh, crash into New York. 
just straight away in the cosmopolitan. That would be an interesting take up, but we've seen so many big city superheroes. No, but what I'm saying is that because the fact that he crashed in somewhere like Kansas, right, and mm. you can definitely, like, you know, uh, I want the attention of, like, the government. I want the attention of crazy scientists. I want the attention of all these people. Like, something, a, a, a human being crashed here. Mm. And then they open up the thing, and then they realize that he's just an all powerful. Uh, he's he's a child basically, and as he's growing, he gets more stronger and more terrifying. And then I would love the kind of uh, like you know guys in labs or military guys trying like okay, we need to either weaponize him or kill him before he gets out of control. That sounds like that new James Gunn movie is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see if that movie is any good. That's the, that, yeah, yeah, that was right what I was hinting at actually. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks. You know, you know speaking of uh, more DC. Uh, I think James Gunn is going to do Suicide Squad too. Yeah, and it's going to be a soft reboot. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just going to be called The Suicide Squad. There's no number Will two Will Smith is not end. coming back, right? No, instead of getting... No, um, Harley Quinn is coming back, which is good because... Margot Robbie is still coming back. I will watch anything Margot Robbie does until the day I die. She will be in the new Birds of Prey, which is yeah. next year or the year after? One of those years. Well, well, that's going to be a thing, huh? Yeah, but yeah. although I think Birds it's... I think they're still in pre-production. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's also going to be another Wonder Woman, um, which is coming out this year apparently. I mean, I think it's strange that they're going to do a Birds of Prey movie if they don't, but they haven't established Oracle. And there's a few oh, yeah, other characters, because of, you know, yeah, that story. You need to really establish background Oracle, unless of course they're not going to have uh, Oracle as part of the Birds Birds of Prey team. But who's going to get? Uh, I'm sure she can be a flashback. I think that bit of us can be a flashback in that movie, like a really mm. short. Who's one? in the Birds of Prey? So it's Oracle. Uh, Huntress, Huntress and Black Canary. And Black Canary, yeah. Okay. So Huntress is basically female Batman. And Black Canary is the magician with tights, right? No, no. Black Canary is the super-powered woman who she can, can scream shout her face and off. scream. Like Banshee in how, X-Men. How imaginary. Imaginative. She was first. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Banshee came later. <laughs> she was pretty early, right? She's very early. She's, she's quite old yeah. school. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know what I would love? I would also love Zatanna in there somehow. Like, she's one of my favorite DCEU, like... Uh, she characters. could work in the Birds of Prey because it can be like that whole female empowerment girl power kind of story. Well, like if, they want, <laughs> if they want it to be on the nose, we get Hawk Girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that would be a bit too much. Like, maybe like four or five. Because you got Harley Quinn too, you know. Yeah, so. I mean like for me, if it comes to like maybe like so they're going to announce uh, there's going to be a Wonder Woman sequel. There's going to be a yep, Suicide Squad soft reboot. Uh, Flash yep. is actually going to get a movie. Aquaman actually did enough numbers to get a sequel. Well, I mean, that was, you know, not surprising at all. Yeah. And then, like, there is going to be a solo Batman movie pretty much, right? Or is it still up in the air? No, it's definitely it happening. Still Matt Reeves is uh, yeah. confirmed to be directing. But it's not Ben Affleck anymore, right? No, it's... I don't know I don't know who they've cast, actually. There are rumours saying that it might be Jake Gyllenhaal, but that's probably Squash because, you know, he's got other roles. Well, to he's Mysterio now. Everything. Yeah, that too. But then so. again, Jimon Honsu plays who again? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, and uh, Chris Evans plays who again? Hmm. Yeah. It's like so pretty anyone much... can be like superheroes, basically. Yeah, know, I mean, it depends on scheduling, you know? and it'll probably be someone that everyone's like, "Oh, I hate this." Until they watch and go, "Oh, actually, yeah, I can see that." So, I mean, here's a question I want to ask both of you guys. Uh-huh. Um, because Aquaman and also with this current Shazam movie, it seems like DC has done the proper cost correction when it comes to. Telling entertaining stories and selling tickets, basically. So they're not going the grim dark route. Yeah, I mean because I mean it's kind of uh, I would say it's welcoming because the grim dark route, the, the Snyderverse, so to speak. I mean it was definitely um, riding on the rails of the success of the Dark Knight, which was like mm-hmm. very grounded in reality and very grim, very dark, and mm-hmm. very 
uh, and then now it seems that they're starting to kind of be more encompassing of the goofier and the more colorful side of these characters. Which I know it's like better late than never, but yeah, it's really better late than never. They should have done this like from by the, the time they did right. Man of Steel, Steel from the beginning after that yeah. Dark Knight trilogy happened. But whatever, like now it's like 2018, 19, at least we got what we were supposed to be getting, you know, like what Marvel did beforehand, like with the, with the colorful kind of fights and the action stuff going on in the origin stories. They're now doing it with like Shazam and Aquaman as well, which again, this is very good to watch at the same time because, hey, we don't need dark superheroes. We already got Batman to fill that void, you know? He's the only like, one no what Batman comes <laughs> that out, it yeah. works for. Yeah. Yeah, unless you want to remake Watchmen. Uh, I mean, the which fact, probably will happen. No, there's a Watchmen sequel going on. Oh God! Which I uh, not the movie. There's a comic sequel, which oh. uh, is quite terrible, actually. Well, yeah, what a surprise! The thing is, yeah, the thing is, it's already part of the DC thing now. I mean, after Vertigo and all that, because of um, yeah. who's writing it now? It's uh, Brian Azzarillo, Ar- right? Yeah. Well, it's not Alan Moore. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it should be that guy. Yeah, yeah. So well, Alan Moore's so persona on Rata right now, yeah. isn't he? He doesn't. I mean, he's the kind of guy who can shit out anything and just sell a ton of books. Yeah. So he's regardless fine. of quality. True that though. Some of them. I are... mean, what, what was the what was the shittiest Alan Moore story you read? Lost anyway? Girls for me. Tangents. Another case of a guy who has too much money and you know speaks his mind. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, uh, speaking of guys who have no money whatsoever, <laughs> they're doing a risky thing. We're still, yeah. still going to speak our minds. What could what's going happen? Lose our jobs? No, please. <laughs> I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, maybe the with this current course correction, right? And seeing a lighter, brighter DC universe. Yeah. So, do you think now is the right time probably for us to get a decent Green Lantern movie? Yes. Actually, yes. Uh, I'm actually surprised when I was looking, doing some research about the DCEU, there wasn't really a Green Lantern court. They, did, they announced it, but they're not, they didn't actually set a date for it yet. Because, do you think like the previous Ryan Reynolds movie is just so toxic that they can't do anything with the branding anymore? I think anymore? so, because they lost so much money with that movie. Then again, Ryan Reynolds is the kind of guy who can make Detective Pikachu bankable. Yeah, yeah but that's current Ryan Reynolds. That was... Uh, Nadia Ryan Reynolds. That's like po- I mean, in every Lego movie, there's always you know always a time when DC or Warner's make a pot shot at Green Lantern. Anyways, yeah, so I mean, remember Ryan Reynolds right until Deadpool was box office poison. Like, for a good four or five years, he made no money at the box office. He was a rom com guy for the longest time, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he was a rom com guy, and he had a sleeper hit with Buried, and then he was in shit like R.I.P.D. Oh, R.I.P.D. was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Okay, so I mean. Maybe let's go around the table. Like for me, I would definitely love to see like a Zatanna solo film because the thing is, um, okay, it's not really a spoiler, but Shazam does finally introduce the more magical elements into the DCEU. Because yes. then again, if you're gonna start off with Superman, who is just full on alien and science fiction, fine. Okay, Batman is street level. Wonder Woman is like uh, ancient mythology. mythical and gods. Yeah, yeah. ancient. Greece and I like stuff. the way that you know what uh, Shazam kind of didn't feel. I would say too much of an abstract left turn you know so yeah. to speak like, it, it kind of feels like yeah he could be a part of that same universe too yeah, so um, I mean like yeah. I think the audiences nowadays can look at like the DCEU and like maybe surprise us like what what, what throw the weirdest things at us what, yeah, because, what would you want to see because people seem to be quite well versed in the Marvel back catalog now because people are interested enough to go like reaming through to see what could possibly happen next mm-hmm. I'm still hoping for that Moon Knight film <laughs> we all are <laughs> Yeah, Moon Knight. <laughs> I would love to see a Moon Knight movie. It'd be nuts. Okay, but, but how about you, John? What would be the one DC character you think? You know what? This is the the perfect time, especially now with the current, uh, I would say, uh, cross correction. Who you think is like the perfect to be like you know to have a solo movie or origin story? 
I want to see the Blue Beetle movie happen because oh. I actually enjoyed. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the Jaime Reyes run for that. Like kid who has a family. The Mexican I, version. Yeah, the Mexican guy. Okay. Like he's, he's not. He's not troubling, but he's also kind of dysfunctional in the way with his folks. So imagine if you have a blue scarab attached to your back, and you can transform at will as a superpowered sci-fi machine armor thing so that's gonna be a bit troublesome when you're trying to hang out with family and friends while saving the world and shit you always hear Blue now story. a good twist that could happen is Ted Court could be the mentor of sorts like cause you know Blue Beetle in the comics he kinda got killed off yes I absolutely know what you're in. talking about yeah. Blue Beetle <laughs> is basically one of the goofier characters yeah, no. yeah. I mean, he, was a, really? he was like a gadget character before he became a sci-fi giant sci-fi space alien thing character mm-hmm. story thing going on so to have that kind of blend together in an all new DCEU movie could actually work because you know like how Ant-Man they brought in a, a Hank Pym and a uh, Scott Lang together yeah. Yeah. we could do the same thing here but obviously in that tone line, you know, in that's that like a good premise actually because the thing is the Blue Beetle is probably one of the most requested and also one of the most underappreciated characters amongst the DCEU mm-hmm. but he's not original DC right he was actually one of those it was uh, it was before New 52 It was there was one reboot that happened prior to that yeah. uh, Jaime Reyes came into the picture for that it's also the same. And the it's suits the and same Blue Beetle cool. in Batman: Brave and the Bold, right? That, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yes, yeah, okay. yes, yes. And also Young Justice. Yeah, Young Justice. Hmm. Young Justice. This is good stuff. And plus, it would be cool to see all the different designs for the Blue Scarab, the Green Scarab, the Black Scarab, and all the aliens coming down. They will make him you know? like Iron Man. Trust me. Or they, or Power Rangers, basically, in a sense. Which is the same thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Too many moving parts, not enough character. How about you, Centric Tom? What's a DC character you want to see have a solo movie? Well, I'll be honest. My familiarity with the DC catalog is not super expansive. So, basing on what I know, I would honestly like to see something to do with Raven. Oh, okay. From Teen Titans. Yeah. Like, because she has a super interesting backstory where she's Mm. the daughter of a big bad evil character. Satan. Oh. Literally. There we go. (laughs) Depends on who wrote it. And... You know, we've proved with Doctor Strange and to a lesser extent Shazam that, you know, people are willing to buy magic. And so going for super dark arts, arcane stuff. Yeah. Something that's kind of edgy, but also willing to be kind of fun. I think would be a good experiment for the DCEU to have. Because Because you can test, like, okay, Satan, but still teenage girl. Yeah, and you, can just work, call, you don't have to call him Satan. Yeah, just call him Triton. Yeah, and then you can start <laughs> introducing the Teen Titans alongside. You can start introducing Starfire, which I think would go along well. Beast Boy, like, hey, I want to see a fucking druid from D&D uh, on the big screen, and that's the closest <laughs> we'll get. Shapeshifter, yeah. Yeah. There was the idea that immediately popped into my head. I would like to see what? a John Constantine reboot and then have oh, oh, yes. Raven yeah. in it as well as, like, the, the catty side girl who is just annoying him. That could work. Instead yeah. of Shia LaBeouf. It, it's an excellent Keanu Reeves movie, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it'd that. be weird because she's far more powerful than John Constantine. Well, depends on who wrote it. Depends <laughs> on who write, wrote it, of course. <laughs> That's going to be the argument and the answer for every pro- everything wrong with comics. It depends on who wrote it. Yeah, I mean, but that'd be fun where she's kind of like a side character for most of the movie and then in the last 20 minutes she's like, oh no, I've just been letting you have fun for a while. Now mm. I'll take over and actually fix this problem. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking because it's like John Constantine would definitely... Uh, be a nice bridge to the more I would say gruesome side of the comics yeah make it a nice hard R movie yeah, John Constantine definitely deserves a hard R it's an R it's an what R what was the rating yeah. for the definitely PG-13 it wasn't the so Reeves. I think it was a 15 because mm. there were allusions to suicide which I think gets a harder rating wouldn't you get even harder ratings in the UK because of the religious elements not really right? uh, it's not really religion it's violence which gets a hard pass in the, the, the UK what was your favourite moment in that Constantine movie 
uh, Satan literally shows up. Yes, Peter Stormare. Yeah, Peter Stormare. Yeah, Stormare. And then my he's favorite going, Satan. And then as he's going off to heaven, he's like, oh no, you fucking don't. Just pulls out his lungs. <laughs> says, pull yeah. the cancer right out, right? Yeah, you yeah. don't get Check to die now. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and my reward, uh, asshole. I mean, here's the thing. That movie especially, props to Tilda Swinton for playing Gabriel. That was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. I love that. And I love the the heel turn at the end where it turns out that she was behind all of it like hmm, I nice. like it when angels are kind of like the antagonist in these stories probably well I've been reading plenty of Preacher and that's you know fulfilling that <laughs> oh man also his dark materials which is finally getting its uh, proper treatment hopefully on BBC oh there you go yeah so back to DC um, actually what would you think an animal man movie would actually be only if it's written by Grant Morrison because only Grant Morrison can give justice to that character yeah. he knows that character because he, he owns made that, character. that character yeah yes. definitely yeah. because I would say like animal man is the most batshit insane comic anybody would ever read and yeah. uh, the thing is I don't think he'll work as a movie I think he would definitely work as a, a Netflix ensemble or like a Netflix, a Netflix series a Netflix and TV show okay. and the thing is I want it to be just like the comics where you slowly see how the world just falls into itself because I think all these DC movies that were listed on this notes here like from Wonder Woman all the way to Flash they need to be out first mm-hmm. and hopefully successful yeah, you gotta get the Justice then an, Animal Man, then an Animal Man movie would work because you already know the tropes Animal Man actually subvert a lot of these tropes mm. going so far as to have your hero chilling out in, at home you know dealing with loneliness or some magic shit that happened that's in the dream that's a good point like Deadpool yeah. worked as well as it did because we'd had four or five X-Men movies before that point. Mm. Too so, many X-Men movies, yeah. basically. So then the jokes work because like, okay, we're sick of these things. And you're like, I know, right? Look how goofy yeah. it is when we actually think about it. I mean, but the thing is, the genius of the first Deadpool movie is that it was meta, but without being too uh, on the nose. Whereas yeah. the second one was extremely on the nose. Although I did like annoying. the gag where it was like the main cast was slowly closing the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an expensive gag. You know, yeah, I mean, you have to pay those guys to actually appear, but they don't have any spoken lines, so you don't have to pay worth them it. that much. <laughs> you don't have to pay for money for worth it for just yeah. that one joke, right? But also mm-hmm. worth it to get Brad Pitt for seven frames of uh, film. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like okay, so if you want to do a Raven movie, who would you cast mm, for Raven? If this was uh, ten years ago, I would have said Aubrey Plaza. I would have said Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, I mean, she probably could still do it now because... Because I loved her as Hit Girl, but I didn't mm. like anything else she did after that. Yeah, so I'm thinking... Um, I'm trying to think of a good uh, actress at the moment who would fit the bill. Oh. Everyone I like is a bit too old now. How about Shersha? What's your face? Shersha? Shersha Roman. Oh, Shersha Roman. Ronan, nah, she's yeah. too old now. You think so? Yeah. She no, aged out of it? She's approaching... I think she's my age. Close to thirty. Yeah, and we need someone who's you like late. Teen. We need late teens, like someone who's like seventeen, but then eighteen. You can definitely hire twenty something. You can, can yeah, plus you can. There's makeup, and then there's a cloak that Raven wears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fights anyways, so it works. Um, I mean, they're de-aging everybody. Why not you de-age twenty-year-old people down to fourteen? True. I mean, <laughs> actually, uh, I think that I give it five, ten years. Daphne Keen from uh, Logan. Yeah, I see. That. Oh, actually, no. Very soon we could get uh, thirteen from Stranger Things. You think? I think so. Yeah, I think she like she already does Raven. like the the creepy like face when she does her telekinesis shit in that show. Yeah, imagine if she's pale skin, she wears a cloak and, and she's red like eyes. pulling literally portals of the ab- total abyss of blackness down into the world. I think yeah, that, would, that would, would be cool. Yeah, that's, that would a good, cool. that's a good choice actually. And then John Hammers Constantine. No, I want. Who was the guy who um, uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Uh, the 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 first brother who died. 
Not like the the first one, the King of the North. Oh, um, I think he could pull it off. The guy was in the bodyguard. Yes, uh, him. Guy. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, yes. He is the perfect. He is exactly because the thing is, he looks amazing in a suit. Oh and yeah, he, he can pull off. Uh, something's bothering me, and I can't tell you what's bothering me because you won't understand what's bothering you. Because demons. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so yeah. instead of soldiers' PTSD, it's <laughs> yeah, it's like I've it's been to hell. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I've literally been to hell. Trust me. Like I think he would be a, an amazing constitution. John Mad, Richard Madden. There you go. There we That's go. The guy. I am so sorry to forget your name. Okay. How about you, John? Who would be the Blue Beetle? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I really don't know any Mexican. I mean, maybe you guys can help me suggest a Mexican actor and an older Michael white Pena? guy counterpart. <laughs> <laughs> He's I mean, every Latino, sure. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, how old do they have to be? Because I think Oscar Isaac would be. Nah, I want teenage Blue Beetle. I want the kind of goofy kind of like I want it to kind of follow mm. along the to be parallel with Shazam in a way because it, it should be wish fulfillment. But instead of like you know some uh, white kid should be some Mexican kid for sure. So who could play the Ted? Who could play the Ted Court mentor though? The Ted Court mentor. Yeah. Any old the dude. Old, any any old white Edward dude. Edward James almost. Okay, huh? that that's good my shout. choice. <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to also. It could work as a retiree as a retiree. Or you know, know what? It'd be interesting for a challenge. Mm-hmm. Danny Trejo. That'd be fun. And the thing is, I think Danny Trejo needs to do more kind of uh, schlocky, B-grade stuff. I mean, that's where he belongs. Uh. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. <are> cool. <laughs> so what about you? Who would you cast for Zatanna? Oh, man, she's going to be super sexy, but she's also going to be super, like... Um, like you, What I need right now is that, that perfect femme fatale. Like a lady who look, who means business and just looks stunning from whatever angle. If you ask me in the 90s, straight up Alyssa Milano. Mm, like yeah, basically whatever work. she did in Charm but then just make it evil you know or like if you ask me also in the late 90s Firuza Balk because like what she did in The Craft and like she's my favourite goth girl hands down all time and I think she's, she still looks great today but the, the thing is right there isn't enough uh, actresses now that I think can pull off Zatanna the perfect way because the thing is somebody might pop up in the future that might be interesting but I think if you had to ask me now in this day and age like ugh, nothing really comes close to what I have in mind What's the closest? I don't know, man. Because like right now, I'm trying to like go through like the cast of Game of Thrones. Like, who was the most badass chick there? And it's like the first thing that comes to mind is like Brienne of Tarth. Just a bit too yeah. big. Yeah. yeah, a bit too muscular. I wouldn't say muscular. I would say the little Mormon yeah. girl is the most badass at the moment. <laughs> but that wouldn't quite work for this kind of movie. Yeah, you know, I don't imagine her in like you know magician's tights. Yeah, please don't. No. It could be also a case of girl with a dragon tattoo. Like, you know, you see the actress, but then when she gets into character, she puts the makeup on, and you didn't expect that it would work, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, very up in the air right now, because I can't really make up my mind who would be the perfect Zatanna in this day and age, because, I don't know, maybe I'm also a bit too specific with how she should look, but also how she should be able to perform. Yeah, yeah, Because it's like, like that again, like, the first thing that comes to my mind <coughs> is like, you know, uh, choices from the 90s. Definitely yeah. Alyssa Milano, if it's a more light-hearted Zatanna, but if you want a full-on gothic kind of Scary black magic Zatanna or Firuza Balk in her prime, definitely. Well, anyone can be goth if you apply enough makeup. True that, but none can pull it off. Very rare. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, it's like, I don't want it to end up looking like Kate Beckinsale where she's just a bit too try hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you, know you mean. What I mean? Like, she, it has to be very effortless. The, the style has to definitely uh, suit the actress's ability. But then again, uh, you know what? Up in the air. Ask me next, next week. Maybe I might have a good answer. Oh. 
Yeah. Or after we finish recording, you'll literally just I'll shout at me. Literally just She's perfect. The idea will probably just come out. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So okay, you know what? The DCU looks like it's prime for uh, a bit of a resurgence, I guess. Because well, I mean, the fact that we're discussing it shows that we're excited for what might happen next. Yeah, it's totally nothing to do with the fact that Captain Marvel is very strong at SEU right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally got nothing to absolutely do with it. Not. You know, it's just coincidence. Yeah, it's just coincidence. Yeah. So speaking of Captain Marvel, <laughs> we're talking about the true Captain Marvel. Oh, we're going straight into the review now. You want to go straight into the review, boys? Yeah, sure. Why not? I okay, we so are. Yes, you know, this dropped uh, weirdly enough twice in Singapore. Once yeah. on Sunday, then it was kind of removed from theaters because it almost felt like a mistake. I thought it was a sneak preview thing. They were doing it purposely, you know, to get the hype in. Yeah, and then for some reason they got screenings, and the thing is, it wasn't even sneak preview screenings. It was like full day screenings. You could yeah. watch it from eleven to eleven in cinemas uh, last Sunday or pre- this Saturday pre- and Sunday. I saw it on a Sunday. He, and then the thing at is, at my local Golden Village, which let me tell you is not one of the bigger high end ones, <laughs> but you can't buy beer there, so no. There you go, wins. Okay. Yeah. And then like for me, I wanted to catch it like on the Monday because I thought that oh it's already started its theatrical run, and then all of a sudden oh no it's been pulled from theaters. It's actually supposed to be launched uh, officially uh, today, fourth April, as of this recording. I would not want to be whoever's job uh, it was to get those film rights. Actually, that also happened in Malaysia and Philippines too. They were showing it on the weekend, and then they continued resuming showing huh. it on the Wednesday. So maybe it was a deliberate yeah, so move. It was deliberate. I think maybe to try and like squeeze a few extra dollars to make uh, the first week look a bit better in the box office. Yes. Yeah, doing well right because yep. a lot of people still remember BVS so maybe but that's like why Aquaman that. had a slow start as well and look how much money that made I think also the, another problem would be uh, character familiarity because mm. Shazam is not that popular like even amongst the three of us like uh, only I can say like yeah I read the books when I was younger yeah yeah, I've only read the uh, Jeff Smith one and even then it's only tr- a few volumes more or less so I'm not really big on Captain Marvel but after this movie I think I might because the thing is know? like okay I mean we also have to kind of admit that yeah he is still in essence a facsimile of Superman for sure yeah and the thing is right the DC branding okay even though Aquaman was fun and like you know what a woman did numbers yeah so also at the same time I think uh, do you also kind of want to say that Zachary Levi he doesn't have quite the pull yeah, Zachary yet Levi. no I mean has people... he done any films that was like in terms of big movies he hasn't done this is it right much. yeah I think this is his biggest movie because he was in Thor The Dark World as one of the Warriors 3, which, you know, I, resounding silence shows how much people think about his performance in that one. He got killed off too yeah, quickly. The last yeah. Time, yeah, the last time I heard of Zachary Levi was, um, what, Tangled? And that was a very and long time ago, And that also was one of the few Disney failures. Mm. They make his money back, which is a shame because it's so much better than Frozen. I agree. You know what the problem with Tangled is? Yeah. They should just call it Rapunzel. Yeah. The trying to like remove the Rapunzel name was such a weird choice. But mm. it worked for Frozen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Zachary Levi, people would most well know him from Chuck, which I'm a big fan from uh, when that was on. Although I was more of a fan after the fact, mm. which shows how old that is. Because oh, I, you're watching him reruns, right? I watched it on Netflix while I was at university and it was already been uh, cancelled for three years when I started watching it. Yeah, I watched it when it was mm. kind of hot. I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't the kind of thing. Because the thing is, this is before I had like streaming or anything, right? Yeah. So it was uh, the only way to, way to watch Chuck is once a week. Yeah. And it's like, it was on the day where I had to work. So it's like, I, re- I really didn't get attached to it at all. I mean, it was fun. It was silly, but it made good use of, uh, you know, some talent, which I like. Like, it gave us Ivan Strahovski, which I don't know. I wish her career was a bit and stronger. And gave us Adam Baldwin at his finest yeah. as well. 
Tough, yeah. tough guy. I agree. Yeah. But also, I mean, the thing is, besides uh, Zachary Levi, the only other big name draw is like Mark Strong. Yeah, who, like, you know, he has he's, his fans. He's a solid character actor, but he's not like, you know, along the lines of like an Amber Heard. Yeah, he's not a name draw. Well, even Amber Heard's not a big a name draw, like compared to like Margot Robbie. Yeah, true that. But I mean, Amber Heard has a little bit more uh, exposure. I mean, for notoriety. The, for the, yeah, notoriety. But also at the same time, it's like, like okay, Henry Cavill was virtually unknown. Yeah. And then he arrived and like, okay, we buy him as Superman because I think the marketing was strong. Like to me, I felt like the Shazam marketing is not as strong. Like it really still feels like DC's kind of hedging their bets. They're not going to put too much money behind the... Like a, there's no big push behind I this. I think Warner Brothers... Because I think they've they're learned their lessons in the past very, days, very cautious in the last few years. Yeah, I guess I so. feel like they've put a they lot of been, their bets yeah. onto certain things that have been burnt, so they're now like reeling back saying, let's not spend too much marketing money right now because like Lego Movie really drops off hard yeah. and they were pushing that one hard. And also like Suicide Squad, like yeah. know, think of all the money that went to the marketing there and like that movie. And then that movie flopped. Oh, hey, Academy Award winning uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> Sure. I can't believe we have to Whatever, call it that. Dude. Well, we don't have yeah, to. True, but we don't have to, but that's what it's just to annoy people. Sure. Yeah. You know, it won an Academy Award. Yeah. What? But yeah, so did Bohemian Rhapsody. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, there's no big names in this movie. It's set in Philadelphia, which is the cheaper New York City. How dare you? <laughs> that belongs to San Francisco. <laughs> that Ooh, I that wish. bridge gets destroyed every movie, remember? <laughs> yes, every movie. We know. Every movie, that San Francisco bridge. Where is the course filmed in Toronto? Because, you know. Probably. Yeah, Canada's so much cheaper to film in these days. That's also tax break. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, right, uh, Philadelphia doesn't really play too much into the story. I mean, there's the Rocky reference. Yeah. Which, but, I mean, as a city, like, when you say something like New York, that you mainly think Spider-Man. Okay? Yeah. And then when you say something like uh, Gotham City, then you have, uh, like, you know, Batman. So it's kind of weird, like, like, okay, what would, like, the, the thing is, most superheroes represent their, their hood. Yeah. Like, Aquaman has the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> so Atlantis. That's, that's, that's a lot of postal codes right there, sir. You know, and uh, uh, Wonder Woman is Amazonia or... Themyscira, Themyscira. Themyscira. Themyscira, there you go. Yeah, they renamed it to that now. The Mascara. Hmm, <laughs> very feminist. Oh so, like, the thing is, like, I was kind of uh, baffled, like, why didn't they just go along with the DC tradition of renaming or creating their own city because I think in the comics it's Rivet City yeah which is a bit of a stupid name Rivet City? no I mean it has this like working class vibe yeah it. yeah it does but then Philadelphia is like the working man uh, yeah by, because it's got you know Rocky and other movies which are not coming to mind right now whereas like that is like your working man's icon of a city true that like, also remember that uh, the Split universe is set in Philadelphia as well. Yeah, it's true. So maybe they're relying on that kind of name recognition and that kind I of association? So. I think that's too much of a stretch. Because right. I would say, like, if you want to do a real working man city, then it had to be Detroit. Because Detroit is the... the It'd be the hell of a lot cheaper to film in, that's for sure. Sure. <laughs> you could buy the entire movie for the budget <laughs> of this movie. No, but also at the same time, it's like... Um, to me, it's like... Uh, I wouldn't say it's a misstep, but it's just something that I noticed that, like, okay, they're kind of, like... Are they going to set it in this universe? And the thing is, like, it's, there's going to be spoilers. Are we going to mm-hmm. spoil it? Sure. Like, there, there was a reveal of another character at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's like, okay. and they did have his city in uh, the mm. Snyderverse. So, so it's like, no, okay. And then the thing is, like, okay, there is that Joker trailer that just dropped. And like, okay, he did say right out Gotham. So it's so, like, why not Rivet City? I mean, what's the one where... Uh, 
Oh, is that the Flash is from again? Metro City, right? No, no, not Met that's not Metropolis. Ah, uh, Key no, no. something. Vernon? No, that's the Pokemon. <laughs> I can't um, really remember because I know all of them like even like a uh, Green Lantern has a city. Central yeah. City, Central City. That's for Central City. Man. Oh my yeah. god! There you go. So like okay, so it's kind of set in Philadelphia. So totally is like okay. Um, like to me that felt like uh because the the city was pretty much uh used as an establishment for Billy Batson, and I thought like okay this felt a little bit strange because wouldn't they have it set in like you know that weird DC city. So, I mean, like, uh, but that's just a small little... That, I think that's nitpicking from yeah, the point nitpicking. perspective of being a fan. Like, I thought it was fine. I didn't really think too much about it. I'm like, mm. oh, cool, Philadelphia. It's nice to for it to not be New York or LA or other big cities. Which yeah, true though. Even though standard. technically Metropolis is New York City. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, but then again, sure, Philadelphia. I think maybe the Philadelphia Tourism Board, like, if you, if you name drop the city... We'll oh shit! The, tax breaks. The tax scene breaks, with the bus. They yeah. were very clearly showing the Scepter logo. I was like, did they pay for it to be recognized? I don't know. I mean, like, hey, they even got Benjamin Franklin statue destroyed. Proper. Hey, yeah. Like, yeah, there you go. Okay, it's set in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. I'm alright. I mean, okay, is it's a small. And they didn't break down the Liberty Bell, which is it's cracked already, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to do anything with it anymore. So, okay, let's do general impressions of uh, Shazam. Maybe John, what do you think? Yeah, I actually enjoyed the hell out of this film because um, mm -hmm. it's definitely got a lot of heart and soul considering that both actors, Zachary Levi and... No, actually three actors, basically. Zachary Levi, Astro Angel as uh, Billy Batson and Jake Dylan Grazer as Freddy. They're, mm -hmm. they, the three of them basically worked together when, you know, when Shazam got his powers, when, when Billy Batson got those powers, like, sort of messing around and to actually having some responsibility at the end actually worked out as a really good arc. I mean... I guess because of the way it's trying to follow that whole like light-hearted tone, like imagine big, but you know with superpowers and superheroes. But at the same time, it's like not derivative of those films where you know it's a kid who gets to be an adult do these things. It's more like, yes, it's kind of like that. But at the same time, it becomes its own thing where you know family is important, um, running away and all that. Especially the dramatic parts with Billy Batson and you know his mom, the, the real mother, of course. Yeah, I, I, like a lot of reviews, especially do that comparison. They compare it to like basically it's big with. Superheroes. I think mean, it's overplayed, but at the same time, you cannot. Yeah. There's some truth to that because it's still about a kid being an adult world and stuff. You know, in that. I mean, body. it's a touch point which most people will be familiar with because mm. I think everyone's seen big yes, at this yeah. point. It's one of those movies you happen to watch when you're growing up. Yeah, it's like you know, I'm definitely you know much much too young to have seen it in cinema, and I've seen it at least twice. Okay. It's something which appears on TV all the time because it's fairly wholesome. Although you don't, you shouldn't question the whole relationship too much because that brings some real red flags. I guess the best age, part about you know this film is again it took the more recent storyline, the what's that, the new Fifty Two mm. storyline of Shazam, yeah. which actually yeah, works for the public. Yeah, quite note yeah. for note. I think it's a good job of updating the character to make it more believable, and it makes. Billy Batson kind of a bit more sympathetic because he is such a piece of shit in this movie for most of the time. Mm -hmm. Like he's selfish, he's withdrawn, he's oh my god! Like, but he's, he's a fourteen-year-old boy, but right? definitely a, a product of his environment yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, uh, what about you, eccentric Tom? Like general impressions. General impressions. This movie was a lot of fun, but not in the same way that Aquaman was. Whereas that was more like silly, outrageous. That was mm. definitely what I would call a campy movie. This was more kind of playful you know n not being afraid to be both kind of more a kids oriented movie not a kids movie but kids oriented but also willing to deal with more 
I would say mature themes such as death, abandonment, mm, uh, family a lot issues. Of abandonment, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely didn't uh, shy away from dealing with foster care, and I think this movie did a good job. This is a minor thing, but showing how hard it can be to grow up in the foster system, mm-hmm. but that you're not automatically a failure because you grew up in a system that you could still be very successful, as shown with the character of Mary. Yeah. Or uh, like other kids who still have their heart and soul, and I really love the foster parents. Yeah, like their their role was minor, but they were they're just enough to where like I feel for these people, and you know I knew people who uh, took in foster kids when I was growing up. Yeah, as side characters and, go, they, they their role yeah. is limited, but it still serves a purpose, you know, in bringing the family yeah, and together. It, and I think it was a nice spotlight for once. It was something which was shown and given, I think, the attention it deserves, without any kind of like issues maybe being brought up where it's a bit controversial. But overall, this movie was. So much fun, and yeah, like uh, Mr. Toffee said, um, Zachary Levi and his counterparts uh, as the kid—I can't remember his name—Asher uh, Angel, Billy Asher Benson. Angel. Yeah, yeah, they they were fantastic, and you can tell that you know they had a certain chemistry, even though they're not on camera together, that they worked well together because they had to pass off to each other mm. what they were doing, and you could definitely feel like Zachary Levi was a big kid. Yeah, literally a big kid. Yeah, I, I agree with you. A there. six foot four kid. <laughs> like, I think that's the, the. I think that's definitely all Zachary Levi. His ability to capture that the that, rubber face. Not just that, but that you know that general sense of wonder and amazement. Yeah. And like you bought him as like when it's it's kind of hard to say, but also at the same time, as an actor, you you buy that he is he has the mind of a child. But then again. Yeah, I saw Chuck too. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty similar there. But but he kind of grew up in, real... in that TV show. I mean, in a sense, in Shazam, he kind of yeah. wised up like, after learning the responsibilities of being a superhero, per se. Yeah, and it helps that in real life, he's a huge nerd. Like He hosted a whole... Uh, something called Geek HQ for a long time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it was cringy yeah. as fuck. It no. was cringy, <laughs> but hey, you know, it was, it was born out of love, which is... He did you know, voice a couple of video game characters too. I think this was after Chuck or during Chuck as well. He was one of the characters Possibly, in yeah. Fallout New Vegas as well. Well, I don't think he was doing a great deal between Chuck and this movie, so he definitely had time on yes. his hands. No, dude, he was in the gym, sir. You look all swole he is, son. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. <laughs> dude look cut as fuck. <laughs> he's not panning too, because I've seen him in interviews. Oh, he's that big? Oh, yeah. Jesus. And yeah, he's naturally super charismatic and naturally quite funny. Like, I think that's the thing about Zachary Levi is like, he, uh, this is probably like his, I don't know, like what happened to Ryan Reynolds where like, this is the time for him to kind of explode. Hopefully whatever role he gets next, like, shoots him into the stratosphere because yeah. I do believe he deserves success. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Because like, after Chuck, it's like, I saw the potential, but like, the thing is the show wasn't strong enough for me to want to like, support it. It had its cult following, but it wasn't, you know, one of those stratospheric I finished watching things. all the seasons, it actually went downhill quite a bit after the last mm. few ones. Yeah. Like, I had writing... a really weak finale. Yeah, it did, it say. did, yes. I, I forgot who the hell no, the villain was, you know. Dude, I barely, I barely remember Chuck at yeah. all. Uh, but like, like for me, initial impressions, I thought that, yeah, I mean, I, what I was totally worried about was because uh, when Aquaman came out, it's like, okay, this is the direction I want to go. But then again, there's always that problem with too much course correction. Mm. And then I was kind of like hoping that with this one, like, okay, don't be too stupid. You know what I mean? Because like Shazam is uh, an essential ca- uh, component of, I would say, GLA. In the sense where, like, the thing is, he is the perfect counterpart to Superman. Yeah. Because Superman represents truth, justice, American way. He is, like, you no, know, he is 
what a good Republican would be. <laughs> Absolutely. And then a you, proper corn fred American. Like, you know, really Boy Scout, right? And then you need somebody who's true Boy Scout, an actual boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to kind of remind Superman, okay, calm down, Superman. You know, and the thing is, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, the power struggle between uh, Superman and Captain Marvel in the comics. Ooh. And also in GLA. Yeah, yeah, that episode in GLA with Shazam, that was really good. That was amazing, <laughs> really good, you know, yeah. like, and that's the version of, like, Shazam I was hoping for. And I didn't get it, but I got something that was close yeah. enough. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, especially, I mean, I'm definitely going to be in agreement with Tom when he says that this is a great modern version of, Sh- uh, modernization of Shazam. Yep. But also, it's like, it still manages manages to retain all the goofy, campy stuff. Like, oh, absolutely. Even since the 40s, yes. like, you know, like, from the cape design, it's like, I was so afraid that they'll do, like, okay, you got a modernized give... version, like, they no, he has still. to wear the band yeah, cape. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you see the red and the white and the lightning and everything. That, that works out, yes. I loved it, you know, and the thing is, right, okay, um, definitely, I mean, I, I'm not going to try, we'll definitely have a spoiler mark because this movie's kind of yeah. fresh. Yeah. So, but, uh, like, you know, when it comes to the other characters' costume designs and how it retains certain Definitely uh, true form. It's like, I love that a lot because, I mean, um, for me, basically, story-wise, it's bread and butter. I yeah, mean, I mean, basically, we've done it, done it, seen it. Yeah. So, so basically, a hero discovers powers and then he trains the powers unbeknownst to him. Villain also has powers once they finally meet conflict and then resolution. Yeah, so, resolution in not the, quite the same way you'd expect, but, you know. Oh, the resolution was so yeah, fun. It was, <laughs> it was, it was fun, yes. Yeah, to, it was well written. To jump off what you were saying, I think a real strength in this movie is that it's not afraid of its source material. Definitely. It's not like the first two X-Men, which whilst they're good, it was definitely a sense of like, we don't want to be too much like these, which is why we had black leather instead of spandex. Because you have to understand, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matrix was a thing. Exactly. and They had to tone down okay. the colour for comic adaptations. Product of its yeah. time, I understand, but this is definitely where... They looked and said, okay, we trust the story, we trust the character, we trust the world, we trust the actors, director's decent, we're just going to say, go ahead, do your thing, and we're not going to try and, you know, mitigate these certain things because we're afraid a modern audience won't like it. It was like, no, we'll trust in this, and that's why this movie just feels honest, mm-hmm. I, I mean, would say. I will also say there's also a little sense of, what else we got to lose? Exactly. <laughs> no, we've done all this other stuff, and those things tanked, like, sure, since we already... Because the thing is, uh, Aquaman made banks, so like yeah. we have a bit and that of was Aquaman that wasn't as serious. That was very goofy as fuck. Yeah. No, no, we have Wonder space... Woman made bank. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that yeah, movie they... is like it's definitely in the two in the billions really. Yeah, two. it is for better or worse. There you go, and then it's like okay, um, uh, I don't want to go straight into the negatives yet, but I definitely want to highlight uh, Mr. Mark Strong himself. Oh but... yeah, no, he was he's always a great yeah, villain, yeah. proper terrifying. Yeah, because he's got that kind of dark penetrative stare which helps the fact that he always has his uh, even with a marble eye yeah, yeah. he's, he's got his, that evil uh, presence basically as well. like with the eye and everything and the way he just he comes definitely in presence. Scene, yeah. you know which is a shame because in real life he's such a wonderful man like really kind really nice he just has such an intimidating presence <laughs> yeah, it does I mean I felt he was super wasted in Kingsman oh for sure but most people are wasted in Kingsman mm, true that yeah <laughs> like, apart from Colin Firth and um, Tara Egerton, oh, what's right? His name? Yeah, Tara Egerton. Everyone else was kind of like, kind of gone before that they could really be used properly. But here in this film, I mean, the the villain arc was actually nice. Even though, again, I want to nitpick a little bit. Like this is actually at the start of the film where, the, when he was a little kid, he's got a grudge of his dad. It went on too long. And uh, yeah, and then when you go on right now, like in the present day, wow, that kid can really hold a grudge, you know, against his family <laughs> and everything, and against a old a magician. Piece of shit yes. kid, huh? <laughs> so yeah. Well, shh. 
shit, man. I mean, like be, to be taunted with that ultimate power and then be told you're not yes, worthy. Yes, yeah. It's like I would hold a grudge. Get over it, sir. <laughs> you filled the interview. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, but, but I've met people. You can hold a grudge for that. Yeah, I guess it could I mean, work in the comic book kind of sense of thing, lah. So I kind of let it slide. But you know, if I mean, thankfully, Shazam isn't that serious of a film in that sense. So having yeah, that for a villain, you know, to actually grow. I mean, we've got a badass villain in the end, so I'm not complaining. Well, look, super. Super hero movies only work in a world where therapy doesn't exactly. exist. <laughs> or a psycho... What was the research lab doing again? Like psycho research into um, dreams and shit? Into mass hysteria, yeah, mass hysteria, yeah. No, but think of it this way. The only superhero movie that does have psychotherapy was terrible. Which one was that? Class. Oh, oh right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. I yep, don't that want, doesn't work. I no. don't want to think about it. <laughs> Before you fight, let's analyze your feelings. Mr. Glass. No. Let's get these three. <laughs> yeah, let's get three fantastic actors and not make him interact whatsoever. Yeah. Jesus. And actually, yeah, Doctor Sivana actually hope create that section into his dad's company just to find magic. Yeah, that's the superhero comic mm. sort of thing. So, yeah, props to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I totally agree with. You. I mean, I totally agree with you that I think adding his kind of early origins was a bit unnecessary. But I think they wanted to kind of paint him it as... It added dimension to the character, which would otherwise have been lacking a bit. But at the same time, they could have added a bit slightly stronger dialogue mm. in the modern parts, rather than having to spend... I think it was close to five minutes doing his origin story. Yeah. I mean, it could have been a nice like online stinger, but then people might not have seen it. Whatever. Uh, if we want to go into more of the negatives, I think this is a natural place to go. I feel like the... Seven Deadly Sins kind of yeah. boring in terms of like design I think they were no, they're basically video game yeah they are yeah they it's are. basically yeah. they got you know the demon from Diablo true I mean like the thing is um, if you're expecting Guillermo del Toro level of detail with what he does no, with no. you're, not getting, you're yeah. not getting that yeah but I mean you don't even you need to expect that with like a bit of variation because I could not I could only tell greed apart because he had the four arms right (laughs) how else are you going to portray him he's the jolly looking one with the the stomach that's also a monster yeah Yeah. it's like I couldn't distinguish pride and envy and rage no but I I do agree with you but also at the same time I'm not apologizing for the character design or like the the fact of the matter is they were meant to be throwaway characters yeah I mean it's the first movie and you needed something to kill I mean to go like much as we like to rail against tropes, the f- the first villain in the first movie is always forgettable. It's always one where it's like, okay, introduce it, get gone. No, I mean, yeah, here it's case, actually Mark Strong as a villain. It's just that the Mark other Strong dudes is a very up, uh, Mark Strong's character. Dr. Sivana. Well, I guess, like, how he appears later on in uh, the comics, he's more interesting with the other stuff he does. I think Seven Deadly Sins is like I I mean, know, a test. The thing about the, the Seven Deadly Sins inclusion is because you need to be true to yeah. the origin. You can't yeah, have to make that Because reference. that's what happens. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, um, do you need to kind of cater to the to the nerdier side of your audience yeah. where like you gotta do this properly and like okay, I mean if you did read uh, Shazam number one from the new 52 basically Dr. Zavanna wasn't trying to unleash the seven deadly sins he was trying to unleash Black Adam but the thing is uh, I mean I do recall that this movie did go through some production hell and Dwayne The Rock Johnson was supposed to play the yeah, villain yeah. yeah but then there's to gonna s- be a standalone Black Adam movie Apparently yeah then he, he, he yeah and the thing is, he he was definitely scheduling conflicts and whatsoever. Because he he works all the damn time. Like I think he ha- he's had three movies come out a year for the last four years. Plus, sure. he, plus Black Adam was kind of hinted at at the start when the wizard started talking about you know the first guy who got the Shazam powers and stuff. Played by Jimon Honsu. Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> brilliant choice of casting, I must say. Sure. 
You know, would it be more upsetting if it was Idris Elba again? Uh, you <laughs> kinda. <laughs> You're everywhere, Idris Elba. Would be kind of wasted. But then again, but, uh, whatever. Yeah. No, that would be a real waste of Idris Elba. Yeah. I still say Idris Elba would be the perfect Sinestro. Oh yeah, that could work. Hmm. Yes. No, especially like if you do the, if you do Green Lantern properly, but okay, no, yeah. let's save that for when they eventually do a Green when Lantern. When they actually announce movie. a Green Green Lantern core movie, yeah. And he's also the villain in the upcoming uh, Fast and Furious film, so there you go. Another sort of superhero film in a way. It is actually a superhero yeah. movie now. Like they've stopped trying to make it about yes. cars. There has to be I'll, I'll, I'll Fast heroes. and Furious yeah. Twelve, where fucking uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson actually transforms into a car. <laughs> it yeah. will happen. It will happen. <laughs> That's the inevitable yes. thing. Yeah. And the thing is, one headlight will have the eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but, it will okay, happen. Well, um, for me, I think for me, what uh, my biggest, uh, I would say, most flaw would definitely be pacing. It definitely inconsistent. We spent yeah. a lot of time in the second act, and uh, it felt like they rushed into the third act somewhat. Mm. Like his character arc, his kind of closing of the chapter mm. moment with his mother. Mm-hmm. I'm trying desperately to not spoil too much here. I felt like this could have gone on a bit longer. Kind of felt like forgot about it, forgot about this. Oh, we need to wrap up this story before yeah, we can do the There's so many threads redemption. that they had to just kind of like, you know, tie up. Which for a real pared down movie, it felt like it felt kind of unnecessary to have so many floating threads for something which should have been a very simple origin story. I would have said like, especially when it comes to things that you could have uh, trimmed off, definitely the whole mother plot point. Hmm. You could have said that for the second movie or the third movie. Yeah. No, let let his like let the like one of the impetus like one of the reasons for him to be so, I would say. Um, I mean, you know, like that that emotional catalyst. Yeah. That is necessary for the, your hero moment. Like, let it be the fact that he still doesn't know who his true family is, and then the power of his current family. Ah, uh, you know, love conquers all. Like, I wouldn't mind that. No, it wouldn't have been lazy at all. It would have been fine. Yeah. But also at the same time. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I definitely would have trimmed a lot of uh, Doctor Zavanna's early origin with him For as sure, a kid yeah. because, like, because um, this is a long movie. Yeah, you know. I mean, like, I was surprised when the movie ended. I was like, oh my god, this was a long movie. <laughs> uh, wait, how long it was the last like time it? again? About two and a half. Two hours, fifteen, 15. minutes. It didn't feel long actually for me. I mean, maybe I just enjoyed no, every it, single moment. <laughs> no, it was it was really enjoyable. So it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. It's just definitely like, you know, we can't have two hour plus movies all the time I mean I would say it is long and I don't mind a long movie but I get to the point you know what I mean you don't need it felt like there was way too much build up yeah which is a bit unnecessary I mean this movie could have been a lot leaner and I do kind of agree with Centric Tom that if we do remove a little bit of uh, Dr. Zavanna's like early origin story maybe it might have and just tighten up his dialogue, maybe add more nuance when he met his when he did his big evil thing at the beginning I would have loved him to do more evil things actually because yeah. the thing is between the fight with Shazam and it's basically his actions in the boardroom with Mark so Strong. maybe a bit than, more additional know, scenes of him being evil would work like, like that like yeah, in Panda. additional scenes and like moments of nuance rather than like five minutes of like look at this poor kid who has a terrible home life despite being very rich uh, so I mean also another problem is because it is kind of associated with the rest of the universe right mm. if Mark Strong was to go around like destroying buildings of course Superman and Batman has to show up and we can't yeah. afford those guys yet yeah you know what I mean let's just kind of make it like an Iron Man or a Thor movie like, everything happens low action self-contained, self-contained, sort of, yeah. you know, it yeah self-contained yeah, that's self-contained. the word uh, I mean but also then like uh 
but also I mean as a fan and especially after seeing like we've had nothing but superhero movies for the last 10 years too many when you <laughs> so think about it so we have a lot of <laughs> I'm just glad we don't have DC burnout like Marvel burnout yeah. is in full effect with for me uh, but also at the same time there are moments where I thought like this could have been written better because there's a sense of like it's trying too hard to stay true to the source material and the source material here I mean is Shazam number 1 from the new 52 yeah and the thing is like the only kind of uh, like change is basically that you know Dr. Zavanna was supposed to unearth Black Adam instead of he, he's just releasing the 7 and I feel like it was only because of sketching conflicts with the rock yeah, rather like, than you know wanting to not do that so there's a lot of that because the thing is like you know definitely as a connoisseur and as a critic of like you know these kind of films like a lot of what goes on behind the scenes also gets played into my yeah. head when I watch this and I, I felt like okay this is a clever workaround or a certain problem that they might be having right now yeah, I mean I often get a little bit frustrated when they talk about oh we're going to be doing this storyline or that storyline when mm. they start talking about movie they like make your own shit like get the characters but write your own stuff like yeah. you know don't just carbon copy stuff that's already been made I can see the thing you've already made because like deep down inside I was hoping it would be like Aquaman because like yeah when they was did a, their own thing yeah they did their own thing it was nuts it was fun like when I watched Shazam, it's because I was so familiar with the comics. It's like this feels the except the exception. It's almost panel for panel for the first thirty minutes. Similar. I mean, but the only exception to the rule would be like Alita: Battle Angel, where I wanted mm. to see that because the beats were so strong. Yeah. Whereas something like uh, the first uh, Shazam comic, right? It's like there's a lot of family mm. drama. You know, there's very little action in that book. So yeah. it's like if, 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 the fact that it felt so panel by panel is like oh, like the pacing is a little bit weird because it took about an hour before we finally mm. see superpowers. Yeah, and you know it would it works fine in comics because that kind of long form uh, you know drawing things out works because you can read at your own pace. In a yeah. movie where you can't control that pace, like you needed to do that. We, yeah. we paid money for the for the lightning hands. We didn't pay money for seeing foster home uh, shenanigans. <laughs> but then again, Darla yeah, was so yeah, cute, but, right? Yeah, oh, she was, was yeah, yeah. so adorable. Was, yeah. I don't know. How about you, Mister Toffee? What would be the one thing that kind of like irritated you, or maybe you think would be a, like I a flaw? Actually. Kind of, I mean, I don't, I mean, how do you say, like, there wasn't really a pacing issue for me. I felt that, okay, then again, I don't, I didn't reach new, I didn't read the new 52 comic that much, so I'm not really on that same boat as you, Shafiq. I just felt that here, mm. it actually just worked this way as a really decent origin film. Like, I feel that everything flowed just fine. Although the, 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 the bit with the mom later on, like, she, uh, you know, um, Billy Batson's mom, yeah, could we have, say that for another could have movie. you know, mm. may, I think it works in a sense of, if, maybe if I rewatch it again, maybe I could feel differently, but at the same time, I felt that, okay, I guess this needs to be resolved so that it can actually be like, oh, it turns out my real family was the foster family all along sort of deal, you know, because I mean, Billy Batson had to do that choice. in that sense. That, that character arc has to be filled up per se, and I guess it was executed all right mm. on my, in my standpoint. Maybe... Yeah, but just yeah, all right. right. I mean, yeah, like it was definitely a brave choice to have that kind of resolution to the mother storyline. But you know, I agree with Jeffy that that should have been in the second movie. Yeah, or there could have been like uh, some sort of like uh, like a running theme with Billy Batson, like in part two, like okay, I'm gonna go look for my mom again. Yeah, and it's like it's an opportunity to put him in different perhaps, locations. Perhaps. Yeah, like oh, we we have news that oh, we found her. She's in Texas now, or she's in like Gotham now. Then. There you go. Then you have all these opportunities yeah, because it'll be it becomes something that you know you can still kind of rely on, and it's it can be always it's always nice to have a hero that's always on a journey or in search of something. Or maybe mm-hmm. I feel that they you could have I mean? had that idea, like what Shafiq mentioned, but maybe they wrapped it up because who knows how the Shazam movie might turn out when it's actually really out. Or maybe know? this actress won't come back for the next maybe. one. Possibly. <laughs> Although, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a huge name uh, actor, so. 
Yeah, I really don't know half of the actors who here knows? apart from Zachary Levi. I, I suspect it might be to do with they're not sure if they're going to get a sequel. Yeah. Which is where so. they try to like wrap it up so they know like... That's why the threads. movie could have been a, no, bit, but, a bit longer. But in that context, I felt that within those limitations, yeah. it worked, you know? Although, having just said what I said, the tease was <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just, just wonderful. Okay, so how about this? Uh, let's finish off this review with our full-on spoilers. Yeah. So okay, go for it. Spoilers in three... Two, one. one. Mr. Mind is going to be yeah. the sequel. <laughs> a fucking caterpillar. A fucking sentient yeah. caterpillar. Psychic caterpillar thing. Magic using caterpillar. That was the best thing because I've never read the comics. And so to have that, I, I was just watching it, just nonplussed. And Amici just looked at my phone like, oh. You Googled it right straight away. What yeah. is that? Yeah. What is that? And then as soon as I read it, I was like, I love this so much. He is the most evilest larvae yes. <laughs> in all of the universe. He is the leader of... Can you imagine the Napoleon Syndrome? Yeah, that could work. Of course. Yes, that'll totally work. You know, he, he is Mr. Mind of the evil monsters of evil. Monster Society, the right? Name of his group. The Monster yes. Society. That, <laughs> that's <laughs> a real thing, dude. That's a real thing. Probably has a private limited. <laughs> yeah. You gotta trademark that shit, yo. I've done the paperwork. <laughs> Can't take that company name no more. Yeah, we're a registered yeah. business. <laughs> Visit yeah. our website. Check out our merchandise and friend yeah, us on check Facebook. Out our I'm imagining that clubhouse is like a really exclusive little mansion. <laughs> no, somewhere in Burbank. I think it's like the thing is he's surrounded by all these vicious and evil rogues gallery, and he's just sitting on a normal sized throne. He just doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody. Every time they have a group meeting, you seem to slowly like scroll up the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, just play it in real time. <laughs> play it in real time because sure, why not? I mean, like, uh, sure, like the CW they gave us Gorilla Gold and Gold. King Shark as well, right? <laughs> yes, yes, do it. Sure, yes. bring yeah, all that on. shit in the real. And, DC and the thing is, you. we have complained several times on the podcast. Why don't you just go silly? Like, you have all these characters. Why yeah, focus yeah. on the boring ones? Why are we focusing on the ones that look like human beings? And yeah. watching Mark Strong react to the caterpillar, like he was, just he he went he was like, there was that mix of the fuck am I looking at, and also is this caterpillar talking to me? And yes, this is yes. my evil partner an and stuff actor. like that. <laughs> I bought it. I bought that he was mesmerized by this. Caterpillar. Yeah, although mind you, he'd obviously lost his fucking mind at that point <laughs> with sure. all the scribblings and, and shit. Yeah, in the jail cell. No, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, it's like, uh, what? Well, well, we straight away talked about the, the, end, yes. the post-credits thing. Oh. Okay, mean, let's go back into the meat of these let's things. Let's go talk about the movie. Okay, so um, definitely the, the one thing that I really loved was the fact that they did... The, the Marvel cap- family, the, 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 yes. The Marvel... They did that the Marvel awesome. family. That was awesome. Seeing the live one. action and how they interacted, especially Darla, it was so awesome was and cute. fanboying yeah. so hard. It it's was like, brilliant. Yes, they did it. <laughs> and apart from one kind of letdown, they were all fantastic. Who was the letdown for you? Uh, Mary. Mary? Like her Shazam version felt a she bit like... She didn't really do much. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't do, do much. Anything. But everyone else was fine. Yeah. She fought the tentacle one. Yeah, and didn't do anything whereas Dala was zipping around just kicking us. She's the fast one. And that's fair. And <laughs> I love how she saved Santa and we decided to say, yeah. I'm a real big fan and I was a very good <laughs> that was this so year. Cute. <laughs> from well, from the words of the adult. No, the thing is, like, I, I definitely <laughs> yeah. love... And uh, Eugene yes. Harukun. <laughs> as he did his lightning hands. I don't know. Which is strange because the thing is Warner Brothers owns the Mortal Kombat franchise. Oh, wait, do, although, does Raiden say anything when he does his lightning He does stuff? say no, something does. when this is no. torpedo. Nobody says um, anything. Or something. Along those lines. Yes. Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Okay, yes, but they did say fatality. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, um, that to me, like, that was clever writing. Oh, that right. was, like, definitely a moment where, especially when it came to the moment where, like, here's the villain, okay, you are at the end of the line, how are you going to defeat me now? And it's like Jimon Hansu just reminding him, Allah, Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. use your heart, share the power. And it's like, I think, and then like, in my head, I was like, okay, they brought these characters from, uh, like, the new 52. Yeah. Like, the new family, right? And I was like, are they gonna do it? Yes. And they did it. And I, I and it was glorious. It was, <laughs> it was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> like that final finale at the carnival was like, yep, this is this is the goofiest, silliest, and you know, like as a little kid, like this would be this would be amazing to watch, I would say. Yeah, although there are some scenes where like I wouldn't show this to super young kids. Like which one? When like some corporate guy gets his head bitten off? Yeah. But there was no blood, so it's fine. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. Like, you could see the Clearly headless body. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really short cut. Sure. So it's I wouldn't want to explain yeah. that to a seven-year-old. I would show that to a seven-year-old. I saw a lot of gory shit when I was a kid. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, but you were a middle child. Like I turned was, out fine. Always messed out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no. This is what I love about it because it has that very eighties kind of. Uh, it has that Stranger Things vibe. That that children in peril and they are not without feeling forced. Like it wasn't just yeah. like a like. Remember this kid? Remember that kid? Not remember just that, that, but also at the same time where they are not shy about uh, the violence. They will yeah. they will say like, no, oh, this is an evil man and he does evil things. Yeah, I mean, back to when I said this felt like it was a movie that was confident in what it was doing. Yeah, it was confident in being able to show to the absolute limits of what they could do with horrifying uh, imagery and uh, kind of violent scenes. But I think it also definitely hi- um, kind of, uh, I would say, galvanized Mark Strong's character. Mm-hmm. Like, Dr. Savannah really felt like a threat. Like, he, Oh, yeah. Especially in that boardroom scene, it really felt like, especially when he kidnapped the, yeah, the Marvel yeah. family first, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the foster kids, right? There was this dramatic sense of he could just kill any one of them. Yeah. He would. He and would he said, kill the girl first. Yeah. He's such an asshole. Yeah. Because she's, she's, she's the cutest one. How yeah. could you? You meanie. You know, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I do understand that as tropish as it is, we do need like uh, something for the hero to fight for or rescue. Yeah. And then like, instead of them being the trophies, it's like, no, 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 you guys, yeah, yeah. You guys fight too. Yeah, <laughs> and then we have this battle. Yeah, it works out, you know, great resolution. With the power of family. Yeah. Oh my God, it worked. It worked in a, in a cheesy DC movie. And hey, I did we all like did. it. We all did. Yeah, we yeah. all did. Yeah, I mean, the payoff was worth it. Um, I mean, especially like like it was trying too hard to follow maybe the formulas of something like a Spider Man, where yeah. here we see the hero discover his powers. Then there's that unnecessarily long training montage, like great power, great responsibility. Although, yeah, I like that they did it in a way that kids would do it these days, mm-hmm. where it's pretty much like for divine. Yeah. <laughs> And also at the same well, time, actually nowadays yeah. before the TikTok, mm. and then, like also it kind of borrows a lot from the first Captain America, where it's like instead of using his powers for good, we- we're just going to use it as like a side. Yeah, I mean attraction. that's what the kid yeah. would do because you he know? wants money. Yeah, that's what the kid would do. Yeah, it's a fourteen-year-old yeah. kid who's never left Philadelphia. That's of course the extent of what he would think yes. to do with his powers. <laughs> I mean, like definitely, if, if if you were suddenly adult, of course you'd visit a strip club. <laughs> I mean, I yes, I really love the way they handled that. <laughs> did you see any boobies? No, yes. they're so convincing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first time, so cute. <laughs> and then when they go back when they're leaving the uh, yeah yeah that, that, that was a that was a nice really? gag. This is the place you want to go back <laughs> really? to. That was the first. Thing You're I welcome. Think about. No, I like the fact that they go covering like yeah, Darla's like, eyes. Why can't like, you see it? You have to grow up first. You're covered in glitter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> glitter. No, I really like that scene a lot. Oh gosh, I mean. um yeah, I mean, the, the biggest fault is because, um, okay, I was like, on a, 
it's just that you had such a cool villain and you couldn't have him meet up with Shazam too quickly. Mm. Because Shazam had to kind of fulfill his whole arc of like, okay, you know, great power, great responsibility, or you turned into the bully and then now you need to save these people on the bus and blah, blah, blah. And it, it felt so abrupt when like, you know, Savannah just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, okay, and now there he is, you know. And then, okay, here we now enter the next arc of the film. And then there was that whole chase through the shopping mall. Which okay, I that part could have been cut yeah, down a bit shorter, um, actually. Yeah, for sure. I would have preferred more fighting, or like you know, mm. along the skylines of the city because it's like. But then again, it's what a kid would do. Like he's scared, he'd go to yeah. where he thinks he could. He would hide, it. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, hide in plain sight. But then also at the same time, there was also parts of me that when I was looking at the the battle in the skyline, it's like, okay, don't man steal it. I can understand why they did that scene <laughs> because think- again, you, you're showing a kid who's irresponsible with his adult superpower, uh, superhero superpowers so what's the first thing a kid would do run the hell away because kids would do that against someone stronger than him you know and they did dial back on the destruction like there wasn't like you know laying waste to the entire city in their big brawl mm. and I did like you know the big you know Matrix Revolutions um, uh, showdown when they're floating in front of each other and talking okay that was a nice gag <laughs> yes sudden physics yeah. come into play I can't You're hear you You're arguing, but I don't want to hear that but Are I can't you? hear you yeah <laughs> I mean, it was a nice way to have the trope of like villain monologue and also subverting it somewhat. Mm. So it was a nice kind of like mm-hmm. cliche with Chaser, which the movie did throughout. Which yes. I think definitely helps. I mean, there's a lot of problems though. I mean, I don't want to bring them. I wouldn't up. say problems so much as like. I mean, when, there are a few logic problems because basically, yeah. like, you can ki- kidnap any one of the foster kids, murder them straight away, and say, "Okay, I'm gonna kill the rest. Do something now." Mm. No, but instead, he he does the the tropiest shit, shit yes. of all the mustache, the mustache twirling. <laughs> I have your family now. What you gonna do? It's like, uh, didn't you just murder your own brother? Like, yeah, what's why are you preventing you to kill some of these to prove a point? Yeah, like start with the crippled one. <laughs> <laughs> he can't get away. Like, no one likes him anyway. <laughs> but then again, I think uh, he was definitely the most yeah, charming yeah. of all the kids. No, I, guess. I yeah. thought he was charming no, in his that own was most charming. Asperger's-ish kind of way. Yeah, I like the whole buddy thing. When in the school. buddy thing was fine, although like I've had friends like that who are just so insistently annoying. So deep down, you want them dead. <laughs> kind of, kind of like it's like okay. Yeah, you're a foster kid, and yes, you're you're like you've got disabilities. So yes, I should, you know, like you. But at the same time, you're a bit of a dick. Yeah, like both of them are dicks. Man. Yes, but he was like the kind of dick that you can't ignore. Whereas at least Billy Batson is like yeah. a dick in his own corner. Whereas yeah. you know, Freddie will follow you around yeah, and be. Yeah, the dick kid actor did a really good job portraying that kind of dick kid. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. like he did. Yeah, his character had a lot of sympathy. But that's how it would work. Yeah, I mean, know. especially if you're a fan sure. boy of the superheroes. I mean, with the batarang and you know the newspaper clippings, right? So. And shit, in a world where superheroes exist, you know, you would be even yes. more of a fucking uh, fanboy. Mm, true that. But I mean, um, how about you, Mr. Toffee? What is that one thing that definitely was made? made I the think movie apart from the the Marvel family finally showing up in the third act, I think it was just basically when Shazam got his powers and what they did with it with the montage with uh, Queen Queen playing in the background. That the was training cute. sequence. I mean, the way they handled it was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be that fun movie where I know what's going to happen, but I don't care. Again, this is not This is obviously a pretty predictable film given the context and everything, but I didn't care because at the same huh. time, I was just laughing my ass off and enjoying every little bit when he's trying to jump Trying to find out how his superpowers are, running away from the bad guy, and <laughs> going down the list. Yeah, yeah. I cool. don't think I've laughed out loud at 
this kind of superhero movie since one of the Deadpool movies. Dude, I can't, I I would even dare say I actually enjoy this. I mean, just as much when I watched Superman and Superman Two for the first time. You know, I felt that joy. You know, that yeah, really king that that, that I had feeling, that yeah. kind of feeling too. This felt like the seventy the the seventy Superman because which is, is good because yeah. these movies still hold up. Movies. I mean, but at yes. the same time, seeing Shazam is like okay, there's hope for DC in recapturing that magic, but in that different context of that wish fulfillment context which is strange because technically they did start yeah. the trend way back exactly, in the 70s yeah. with superman <laughs> so it yeah. felt like oh remember how did we how were we successful with superhero movies back in the 70s and 80s we we, we trusted the directors and yeah. the artists we should do, oh, that. Let's do that now yeah because like <laughs> the 70s were just like better for directors for stop richard donner sir richard donner he nailed it, you know, with a script by Mario Puzo. Yeah, and then it's like, you know, with Tim Burton and yes. the visual aesthetics of Batman. And then it's like, you know what? Yeah, learn from those who paved the way for you. Follow that path. And like, I do believe that Aquaman is very much in the same lane as movies yeah, like, Yeah, James know, Wan uh, did Batman go nuts with that Superman. film, yeah. Like, he, he knew what yes. he really needed to reference. But he went appropriate nuts. It was yeah. the kind of thing where you get to a point where you're fighting in the, like, the kingdom of the Julie Kraken. Andrews has the Kraken, <laughs> sure, take my yeah. money. And then <laughs> That's you go the tagline the right there, Julie like, Andrews Kraken. Sure. <laughs> Five star. <laughs> the crap people are fighting the people on sharks with lasers. And an octopus yes. playing Fine. the drums. This is what I want to see. <laughs> Yeah, Octopus sure. playing the drums, man, and I thought that, that was my favorite revelation, and that's actually a character <laughs> in the comics. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I mean, I guess a lot of people will kind of be a little bit disappointed that it doesn't go as big as Aquaman because I'm pretty sure a lot of people are kind of expecting the same scale since mm-hmm. it's all under the DC EU branding. So I think that would be a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, like, I mean, especially if you're listening to us and you're yeah. hoping for a recommendation. It's like, so does no, it go it as hard as Aquaman? No. Not quite. It's definitely far more restrained. In the same way that Homecoming was a far smaller, more restrained. Yeah. You know, I loved Homecoming a lot. So I would say based on that, if you enjoyed Homecoming, I think you'd really enjoy Shazam for similar reasons. I mean, like, what was the, what would be the number one uh, thing you want to bring up to tell people? Like, if you want to co- recommend this movie. It's... For Zachary Levi's per- performance alone, this movie is worth watching. I agree. But otherwise, if you just want something that's fun, because, you know, Captain Marvel... Mm. Yeah, the, the other, other Captain one, Marvel. <laughs> ...was... I had fun at the time when I watched it, but thinking back, it's like... What yeah, a missed opportunity exactly, that to was, really go and nuts. Endgame is going to be, hopefully, huge. So to have something that's yeah. a bit more like a palate cleanser before that... I think this is the perfect kind of movie yeah. for that if you still want a superhero movie. I agree. I agree that this movie does enough to be entertaining but I don't think it does enough to warrant any special place in history. But no. I do say like, you know what? It is uh, definitely a sign of DC definitely learning from the mistakes and, you know, staying Actually the sorting the shit and out. And it's a good gateway words. for yeah. the more weird parts of the... F- that. <laughs> Just like how Guns of the Galaxy was the gateway to start having shit like Doctor Strange. Yes. So, yeah. yeah well, they're, they're, they're more trusting of their audience. Mind you, they tried to make the Avengers after two movies and that was, you know, fucking mistake. You know what? Uh, Warner Brothers DC, yes, take your time. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. still be around to buy tickets. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean... Marvel have a, have us fucking locked into the cinema for the next 30 yeah, yeah. years. You might as well your take films, your time. Yes. Yeah. Like, they're not going anywhere. So, I mean, how about this? Final rating, boys? I would give this uh, 7 out of 10 for me. How about you, Mr. Toffee? I'm going to be pretty generous. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? Yeah, it's, it's, still fun. it's a fun film, at least for this yeah. year. Maybe if I rewatch it, I'm, I'm probably, I'm definitely going to rewatch it again with friends and family and stuff. Mm. So, definitely one, this is one of those movies where, hey, it's nice to actually have a proper origins a really nice superhero film since 
maybe the first Captain America yeah. or yeah that's about it uh, Superman and whatnot mm. getting that same kind of vibes and everything yeah, and also seeing the payoff done really well you know no, no. good film uh, me I'm going to be also very generous 6.5 upon 10 that is extremely <laughs> generous, generous for, for Shafiq yes <laughs> uh, Last King fans do check out Shazam the true Captain Marvel <laughs> Definitely the better Captain Marvel. The first Captain Marvel, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, man, uh, it's it's a fun time. Uh, you bring your kids, but please explain certain things along the way. I don't know. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? To the... I'll probably just pick up the comics after this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, if you want to read the yeah. comics, if, if you have the cash, go and find a mint edition of Wiz Comics number two, which oh came out God. back in 1940. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not that extent. Probably get for free on Amazon. Or on, Cam- oh, on Comicsology. Yeah, yeah Comicsology there's, there's definitely a, a digital version. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. want to be a nerd about see the zaniness of the forties, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe read a little bit of Black Adam along the way, you know. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think that's. I mean, it. he could be the next villain anyway. They hit it. He's going to be. Next to be. Yeah. Like okay. they introduced, you know, Mister Mind. Like you have to introduce Black Adam. Mm. Or fucking Captain Nazi, one of the two. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you want to talk about Captain, Captain Nazi, Nazi for a second? <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. There is a villain called Captain Nazi. I know. This is our universe, and. Considering today's political climate, it would be the perfect villain. Who would you want yes. to be playing Captain Nazi? Uh, I mean, just to have someone to punch, or like Richard Spencer to put on the suit. Nah, man, he do- he's he doesn't have a SAG card. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to be paid for anything either. There you go. I don't know. You want to have Captain Nazi, one of the the, the best Captain Marvel villains <laughs> of all time. <laughs> that would be just yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. How about you, Mr. Duffy? Who would play Captain Nazi? <laughs> I'm gonna be a bit lazy here. Maybe you just bring in Christoph Waltz, you know, from his no. stories. He's too sweet. I don't know who else to pick. Yeah, I don't know who else to pick. So, from the Last King podcast, this has been Estetric Tom with the wisdom of. Shafik. Shafik. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, Mr. Toffee signing off with the agility of. Slowpoke. Chilies or something? I don't know. Hermes? I forgot. Mercury? I fucking don't know, honestly. And this has been. Your favorite music discovery song, where should it? <laughs> <laughs> Available on iTunes as well as the Last Game Podcast. Right